most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Action Network Fantasy Flex Waiver Wire Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on, man? What's up? Uh, had a pretty good uh, week seven. You know, I have like 150 things I'm rooting for. I, I came up on top, but most importantly, or more importantly, I went 3-0, and unconvinced me. Um, and that is the most important thing. So be sure to tune in every Sunday morning to watch me and Chris on Convince Me. Uh, but yeah, how's how was your week seven? Uh, was not kind of me bankroll wise <laughs> in betting. I went oh, no. over on spreads and totals uh, for the first time in a. I don't know if I ever remember going uh, over. Uh, I yeah. had like four or five that I bet, and if I hadn't bet props, I would have gone over on the week. I mean, it started off well on Thursday night, but uh, Sunday was not not good for me. So. Uh, it's on to the uh, week seven showdown slate, and then it's on to waivers. Uh, we'll talk about the top uh, priority ads, but let's start with this uh, showdown slate for the Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, obviously the top guy here. Is that the guy that's just kind of like the lock for the the captain spot for you? Yeah, I think he's a no brainer. Um, but you know, if you want to play this showdown slate, you kind of have to be unique. So I'm okay. Fading Kamara. I think he's going to be very highly rostered in the captain slot. So I, I, I think mixing it up with either like a Marquez Calloway or DK Metcalf, um, in the captain slot would be good leverage. Um, you know, there, there could be some rain tonight, but I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as the 49ers game last night. So I think guys like Calloway and Metcalf will probably be, um, under rostered. So I think I'll probably pivot to them um, in some spots. Whereas, you know, Kamara, you can't go wrong with him, but I just think everyone's going to have him. Um, so just to be a little bit contrarian, I think Callaway and Metcalf for me. Yeah, I, I think it's always valuable to do that. I think my guy, if I'm going contrarian, would be Tyler Lockett. Uh, the mm-hmm. Saints like to play a lot of man coverage and they'll probably be able to shut down Metcalf. I think we talked about this uh, last week. But uh, the Saints have been really strong against those alpha number one receivers. You know, Terry McLaurin was held in check. Devontae Adams didn't really have much production against them. So uh, I think that uh, Lockett is a guy who he might not get like the 60-yard touchdown in this game, but he has been the Seattle's t- go-to guy against man coverage. And I think he could have one of those like 9-10 catch games, especially if they get behind, uh, you know, maybe 9 or 10 catches for like 90 100 yards or something like that. So uh, Tyler Lockett's uh, for me. Uh, what about cheat codes? Anybody uh, kind of in that lower pricing tier? There's a bunch of options. As we yes. record this, we don't yet have word on who the Saints have elevated, right? Like, because I know yeah. Traquan Smith was is eligible to come off and he, he did practice, but we don't have official word on that, right? Yeah, we don't have official word yet. I guess um, he is expected to play tonight, but we, we just don't know how much. So that's something, um, you know, we'll have a better handle on up until uh you know kickoff but i think that either way uh kenny stills is probably a good play 
Um, you know, he ran around 82% of dropbacks last week. So I think even if Traquan Smith plays, he should see upwards of like 70% routes run. Um, we have to remember that Deontay Harris is absolutely out tonight. So there, there is, you know, an opening for these number two, number three wide receiver for the Saints to go off tonight. And I do like Jameis because, you know, Taysom Hill's going to be out. So, you know, we won't get those annoying Taysom Hill packages, especially around the goal line where, um, you know, he sort of eats into the touchdown share of Jameis and these pass catchers. So um, I think I am going to be targeting either like a Traquan Smith or Kenny Stills um, as a cheat code tonight. And then on the Seattle side, um, you know, Freddie Swain at 2K um, is pretty valuable for a a number three wide receiver that's on the field uh, close to 70 percent of the time. Um, so he's another guy I think that could be a cheat code on the Seattle side where I agree that Tyler Lockett um, probably is the best, um, you know, projection versus cost value um, for the Seattle wide receivers. But Freddie Swain um, for a dart throw, you can't go wrong with him at 2K. I do like him as a, a semi cheat code for tonight. Yeah, they liked And he also returns kicks and they like yeah. to get him involved in the the run game. So, you know, the only, the only thing with him is probably not going to get one of those signature deep, deep touchdowns against the two deep uh, man show. But uh, yeah, he, he, he's definitely going to be involved here. Uh, Kenny stills is a guy that that's kind of why I would love to know how much Traquan is playing or not, because I, I do agree. I think stills is a guy that's going to play close to full snaps, but if Smith is back, then it becomes a little dicier, uh, you know, cause there's still essentially one, you really talk about one spot. They could go heavier with two tight ends uh, in this game a ton. But a guy I'm really looking at is Ty Montgomery because he's potentially uh, in the top three at running back and receiver. I mean, he could play slot receiver and he may be the backup running back in this game because there's no Dwayne Washington. So, you know, Ty Montgomery may slot in. Divine Zigbo is also there, but hasn't played much. So uh, Montgomery is a guy that... You know, he every once in a while he has these big games. Sometimes he goes without a touch, but he's a guy that can get touches in the run and the pass game. So uh, I like Ty Montgomery as kind of a, a sleeper here. Yeah, and so with Taysom Hill out, like would he would he be a guy that might see additional snaps as like a Swiss Army knife for like could Troutman or Juwan Johnson see more snaps? Like how, how are you handling Taysom Hill being out? <laughs> I mean, if at all. Know. Yeah, I, I bumped up Montgomery's rushing rushes a tiny bit. You know, he yeah. he hasn't gotten too many carries this year, but the combination of no uh, of you know him likely playing, it's like, kind of like Demetric Felton. Like he could have a game like that, except unlike Felton, who I think we kind of landed on might want to fade because he was so expensive. Uh, Montgomery's like under one k, so it's a totally yeah. different. Uh, you know, if he gets the same amount of touches Felton got, like you know, a couple of carries, a couple of catches. Uh, he would hit value. So yeah, especially uh, yeah. on this slate, because I don't expect too many points. So I think, you know, the defenses are in play. You made a good point with Freddie Swain. You know, if he returns a punt touchdown and you have him and the Seattle defense, you get that counted double. So I think that's an interesting stack. Um, although we can never really count on punt return touchdowns, but you know, a slate like this, um, just like one single touchdown like that can break the slate. So um, you know, I might be playing defenses a little bit more in this showdown slate than others. Speaking of slate breakers, you know who we had score a touchdown on the last uh, primetime game? Well, the Thursday night primetime game. I shouldn't say the last one, but Johnny Stanton, the fullback, yes. got one for Cleveland. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, Alex Arma, the Saints fullback, uh, ran a route on a season-high 21% of dropbacks uh, in the week before the bye. 
you know, if they get around the goal line without Taysom Hill, that's just one more opportunity to go play action and potentially hit Arma for an easy touchdown uncovered. So uh, he's another guy to maybe round out your lineups if you're looking uh, for somebody that should be pretty well uh, rostered. All right. All right. That's going to do it for our Monday Night Football Showdown Breakdown. Next up here on the Fancy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. We'll do Monday Night Football for this show. Sean, start us off with your Prize Pick Elite entry for the Week 7 Monday Night Football matchup between the Saints and the Seahawks. So I'm going with Jameis Winston to go over 15 fancy points. Now, uh, I'll inform you that their their scoring system gives minus one point for an interception and minus one point for a fumble loss. So that helps out Jameis Winston, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, I think just, you know, with no Taysom Hill tonight, um, I'm giving Jameis Winston 100% of the passing touchdowns. Um, he's not going to be taken off the field when they get in the red zone. Those kind of situations are out the window. So I think that does give him a boost tonight. And, you know, Seattle's defense um, has been getting torched by opposing quarterbacks this year. So love getting the over 15 here. I'm actually projecting this closer to 17 and a half. Um, and I'm factoring in the rain to, to factor in a little bit. But either way, it's a great matchup for Winston. He'll be the only quarterback under center for the Saints tonight. So give me over 15 fancy points. Yes, Jameis, uh, it's Jameis time here. National stage. They're a little short on backup running back. So uh, we could see some things here. From Jameis, I'm going DK Metcalf under 59 and a half receiving yards. Uh, first of all, as you mentioned, there is some weather concerns, but more importantly, you're facing the Saints defense that is coming off a bye and got extra time to scheme to take away Metcalf. He's a guy that he's going to go off against teams that are heavy in zone coverage. That's what's been uh, his kind of thing. But against man coverage, he hasn't fared nearly as well. Usually, uh, he's getting double teamed. There's a safety over the top in man coverage. So remember, this is a Saints team that held Devontae Adams to 56 and Terry McLaurin to 46. Metcalf just 6.7 yards per target uh, against man, uh, almost twice as high against zone 13.0. So I think against a team like this, just a bad matchup, quarterback, uh, not ideal. So under 59 and a half receiving yards for DK. Metcalf, uh, to recap, Sean going Jameis Winston over 15 and a half fantasy points, and I'm going DK. Metcalf under 59 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, uh, prize picks, markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly uh, in order to lock in the best numbers. And if you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION. One zero. All right, now back to the show. All right, and joining us for our week eight waivers is Samantha Praviti. Samantha, glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, right before we get into waivers, we should mention that uh, just happened as we're recording this, but Devonte Adams uh, looks like he's gone into COVID nineteen protocols. So we don't know for sure. Do we know for sure if he's vaccinated, uh, Samantha? Because if if he is, then he would be eligible to come back. If he's not, uh, it would be he would be pushing it. That I don't know, though. It's a very tight turnaround with it being a Thursday game. So they need two tests with 24 hours in between with negatives. So I think at least the, the reporter that 
originally broke the news, it seems like they were not optimistic for him to play this Thursday. All right. So, oh my goodness. And the line for Packers Cardinals already went from three and a half to five and a half uh, for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it looks like pretty much like Adam's going to be out because a two point move, that's only guys like Devontae Adams, you know, like if you're talking about a non quarterback is going to move a line like that. Yeah. So Cardinals are so lucky. <laughs> They're also good, but yes, very lucky. Lucky yeah. and good. It's better lucky to be both. And good. It's better to be both. <laughs> um, but uh, real quick, since uh, we usually start with quarterbacks, but uh, Sean, I'll start with you on this. Adam's out. Uh, was going to mention Alan Lazard anyway when we got to wide receivers. Oh. Six, ca- uh, six targets, five catches, 60 yards, and a touch last week uh, against Washington. Three catches, 27, and a touch on five targets. In week six, Alan Lazard was essentially like running routes with the invisibility cloak on for like <laughs> the first month of the season. Like you ever play Halo? You just get that invisibility cloak. You're just like mashing. No one can see you. Like that was Alan Lazard, except he wasn't mashing. He was just in like it was just all Devontae Adams. But do we think now with Adams potentially out and I guess MVS is still out. Mm. Uh, Lazard, is there is he their number one receiver? Um. Yes, he is, but um, I think that it's going to spread around uh, the, the target. So I think guys like uh, Randall Cobb might be playable. Even Amari Rogers um, should see some playing time here. Um, and Robert Tunyon, his touchdown upside goes way up. Um, he finally had a good week last week. He had four catches, six, three yards, and a touchdown. So I think Tunyon could be in the tight end one discussion this week with Adams out. Uh, but yeah, I'll need to update all these projections. Haven't done that yet, but certainly Aaron Rodgers gets a slight downgrade when his favorite receiver is out. So it'd be interested to see where I end up uh, ranking Aaron Rodgers based on this. All right, Samantha, since Sean did not answer my question at all. Oh, <laughs> what do you think of Alan Lazard? Is he like, is he, does he just jump up to like number one waiver priority at wide receiver? I mean, there wasn't much there anyway. I mean, you're talking about like Russell Gage, maybe Khalif Raymond. Um, what is, what, how's Lazard looking for you now with this news? Sean, perfect politician, like, <laughs> communication here. Yeah, let me update my projections real quick and then I'll answer. Classic Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a guy that was on my waiver column already that I just filed, has at least five targets and a touchdown in consecutive games. So I was thinking that he was already maybe, like, flex-worthy in, you know, pe- for people that may have injury-ravaged teams. But, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a lean week uh, for waivers. I had Gage and Khalif Raymond and even guys like KJ Osborne and Kendrick Bourne on there. So yeah, if it's, I mean, I think it looks like Adams is going to miss the game. So I would definitely put Lazard as the top claim and would assume he is the wide receiver one, though I doubt he's going to get the target share that say Devontae Adams would get. Yeah, I think we have to, we have to pick up Lazard now. We don't know much about what's going on, but uh, it's Lazard, I think. And then Cobb will be a guy that will see targets. But Sean, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, slight downgrade. I'm guessing you were being a little uh, sarcastic. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> startable without Devontae? Yeah. Um, he's going to be right on that cusp. Um, I just updated projections. So what? I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. So <laughs> forgive me on my previous answer. So I have. Fast. I have Aaron Rodgers as QB 13 and Alan Lazard as wide receiver 30 right now. These are tentative, obviously, but um, to, you know, make up for my previous answer. Yes, Alan Lazard is startable. (laughs) He's going to be a low to mid range wide receiver three. Nice. There you go. There you have it, people. All right. Let's let's 
go through our normal uh, rhythm here. Let's start with quarterbacks. Not too much in terms of bye weeks. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, uh, the only two that are on bye. So, uh, Sean, I'll go right back to you. Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, any or is are we kind of hoping for a Deshaun Watson trade? Do we want to stash him? Who's the top priority for you uh, at QB this week? Uh, yeah, the Deshaun Watson situation. Who the hell knows? Um, I stash him in our league, but I, I'm not counting him playing at all this year. Um, so it's Daniel Jones for me. And, you know, it's crazy. You know, he had a good game last week and he had like nobody available. Even Sterling Shepard was ruled out. Um, so if he just gets back one or two of these guys, like give me a Kenny Galladay, a Sterling Shepard or Kadarius Tony, um, and he'll be a low end quarterback one for me this week. They play the Chiefs. Um, we already know how bad the Chiefs defense is. Um, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. So I think Daniel Jones could be a low end QB one this week and my top streamer ad uh, for week eight. Samantha, should we drop Patrick Mahomes and pick up Daniel Jones and start him in the, <laughs> the uh, Chiefs Giants game? <laughs> Absolutely. Here, heard it here first. All about the match. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is washed. Um, no, I mean, I do think that Daniel Jones has the best matchup of any of like the waiver wire caliber guys. So he's definitely worthy of streaming uh, conversation. I mean, there's another number of other guys that I would also consider Tyrod Taylor, is on track to return. Mm -hmm. So he's a guy that could maybe be interesting. He's only played really one full game, um, but he's definitely going to be the starter over Davis Mills. And then Tua Tagovailoa definitely played pretty well last game. It's been two solid fantasy performances together. So, um, you know, like those would be the guys that I would be choosing from if I needed a streamer. So is anyone, what's up? How about Jameis Winston? Revenge game against the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston against Tom Brady. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's he's just, not facing Tom Brady. He's facing the Buccaneers defense. Uh, yeah, just I thought I thought we like better than he's better than Justin Fields, but barely. well, I, I think everybody's better than Justin Fields right now. So I'm just putting out that that out there that Jameis Winston could be a streaming option as well this week. That's all. Fair. What do you think, Samantha? I mean, sure, maybe in a in a deeper league. Uh, Taylor Heineke might also be out there. He, I know he had like two pretty bad games, and then I was like, oh, yeah, go sit Heineke, and then he has good games. So, <laughs> I mean, it, the Broncos' defense is sort of exploitable at this point, so he's another guy that I would also consider, I guess, Jameis, yeah, in deeper leagues too. Yeah, I mean, Jameis. If Daniel Jones isn't available. Yeah, Dame, Jameis is like kind of – he's still a low-end QB too because – I the mean, volume number, just yeah, necessarily the volume, and they're gonna be familiar with him, and like that it just doesn't <laughs> like you know how many times they probably picked this dude off in practice. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, their whole secondary is pr- pretty much out. They even lost another See? corner last week, but uh, we said that about Justin Fields. So uh, yeah, I'm off Jameis, but uh, like I do want to get like definitive opinions on. If Deshaun Watson is on waivers, is there any chance that if he gets traded, he suits up for his new team? Or do we think he's just 100% landing on the commissioner's uh, exempt list? I think he's landing on the exempt list, but I like I'm not planning for him to play this year. I didn't pick him up. I mean, I was kind of late to the news, so I didn't really have like the option to pick him up at a lot of places. Um, but like, I mean, unless you're in like a really deep, deep league. I don't know. I'm not like dropping someone to pick him up necessarily. Yeah. I mean, if you have the bench space and you're hurting at quarterback, um, certainly add him, but yeah, who knows if he's going to play this year. I mean, I feel like we've been heard he was a uh, trade was imminent with him for about two months now. 
Um, so I'll believe it when I see it, but you know, I think he's worthy of a stash. We're late enough in the season where, um, you know, it, it can't hurt to stash him, but I, I wouldn't, you know, bet on him playing this year. Let's just put it that way. All right. Let's go to running back. The, well, so there's a couple of things interesting that happened uh, in week seven, but I don't want to call it big news because it's not big news. It's mediocre news. But Miles Sanders, uh, <laughs> hurt his ankle. Uh, I mean, it's great for my Miles Sanders season long under seven and a half touchdowns. Uh, I think he still doesn't have one. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, though, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We liked picking him up. And he rewarded us by doing absolutely nothing to increase his value. So it's probably just rotting away on somebody's bench. But uh, ankle injuries are tough. Sanders probably going to miss some time. Kenny Gainwell, 35 snaps, 24 routes run uh, against the Raiders. And then Boston Scott, 23 snaps and 12 routes run. So kind of like a 60-40 you know, split, maybe 70-30 split for Gainwell. Normal running back one, running back two split. Uh, Samantha, is Gainwell the top priority or, or these, any of these Philly backs? Or are we going with like, you know, somebody from New England or P. Ryan or somebody like that? Or where, where are you on this Philly backfield? I would probably say Gainwell is going to be my top running back ad for the week. Uh, most running back touches of the trio. Um, I like his involvement with the passing game and everything like that. And totally on the same page that I was hyping him up a couple of weeks ago. And of course he does absolutely nothing, but he's on a couple of my benches. So I think good news if you already have him, but he's 21% rostered. And yeah, like you said, with Miles Sanders, it seems that he's escaped a major injury, but it's not like he's looked like fantastic all season. So I think this could definitely be an opportunity for Gainwell to you know take over a lot of the workload. Um, Scott would be more of like a deeper league ad for me. Sean, any thoughts on the Eagles backfield? I know we talked about Gainwell a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I would I would add Gainwell. Um, it would not surprise me if Miles Sanders ends up suiting up this week. I guess it was just a low ankle sprain. So as Samantha said, I think he avoided a major injury. Um, but you know, there's not much to go off this week. Um, you know, I, I P Ryan probably not an ad for me unless Joe Mixon got hurt and I'm unaware of it. Um, so at least Gainwell, he he has the potential of being an RB2 this week. I mean, they face the Lions. So if Miles Sanders is out, you know, Gainwell's going to be an RB2 with Boston Scott mixing in. So it, it's still early in the week, but I think Gainwell's the top ad. Uh, Samantha, I made the silly decision of betting on the Jets and Patriots under. <laughs> <laughs> convince me so uh there's no there's no amount of wordplay that could get me out of that because the patriots outscored them uh or outscored the total all by themselves uh by double digits so in the process we saw brandon bolden go for eight uh touches 79 yards and a touchdown and then jj taylor 10 touches 26 yards but two touchdowns bolden 28 percent of snaps taylor 26 percent of snaps uh, are these guys that uh, you're looking to add at all? Or do you think that's just a one-week anomaly in, in a crazy game script blowout of the Jets? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the game script. I don't think they're going to be scoring 50 points a lot of times this year. But that said, I do think Bolden has a lot of appeal in PPR formats. He doesn't he didn't have one rushing yard all game, but certainly is being deployed in that James White role. So I think he's he's definitely worth a look. Uh, Taylor, I'm a little less interested in just because I feel like Damian Harris is the guy, the main rusher, and he just probably saw a significant uptick because of like I said, them leading for the whole game and by a lot. So um, I would say Bolden is the preferred ad of the two. John? 
Yeah, I think this is just the the blowout. Uh, I think all three running backs finish in the top 10 this week, which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, they might mix and match with Ramondre Stevenson. Maybe, um, you know, he was inactive this week, potentially because he missed that pass block uh, last week. So now he's in Bill Belichick's doghouse. It might be a matter of time until J.J. Taylor's back in his doghouse. So I think, yeah, for now, I think Bram Bolden is sort of the James White replacement. Um, so I, I do think he's worth a stash. But in the end, this is going to be a nightmare situation to project each week. I think the only safe bet here is to play Damian Harris whenever the Patriots are favored. I think that's the only takeaway from this is just we know um, when the Patriots are favored, that's going to be a Damian Harris game. Um, and he's been money um, this year whenever whenever they've had a positive game script. So I think that's the only takeaway I'm taking from this. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Bolden should be stashed um, and rostered because he he ran 16 routes to Harris's 12. We know Harris really doesn't go above that, like 25% routes per dropback yeah. in a game. So that is going to go to Bolden. And I'm looking at the PFF grades for this week. Brandon Bolden led all running backs in receiving grade. So he really is kind of taking over that James White role. And remember, there was nothing special about White athletically. But what did White have? He was in that system. Uh, and he just knew what to do, where to be, how to block. Brandon Bolden's been in that system just as long. It's just that he was playing behind White. He would play special teams and, and not really you know, get a touch in the run game because they outside Burkhead. So... With all those guys gone, the Patriots have always kind of been a backfield where more than one back can eat. So, yeah, I, I think Bolden is a guy that we should be uh, – he should not be on any waiver wires uh, anymore. All right. Uh, and Stevenson, I mean, if he's going to get dropped for a pass block, then he's the guy that <laughs> – like, you know, if he's going to get scratched for a pass block mistake, that, that doesn't bode well. Like, he'll probably have one of those Taylor games at some point too where he gets two touchdowns. But, I mean, if, if, if we don't even know if he's going to be active till Sunday morning – What's the point of wasting yeah. a roster spot on him? So, yeah, I think it's right. Bolden, he, Bolden all the way. I think Stevenson would be uh, stashed just in case Damian Harris were to miss time. I think he'd probably become the lead back, but we don't know. I mean, J.J. Taylor was held out um, two straight weeks because he fumbled in week four, I think it was. So that's just the nature of a Bill Belichick uh, coached offense. Is It's kind of a revolving door, but we, we do know that Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden are probably the top two guys right now. It yes. is the shortest week are. for these guys. Like well, <laughs> one like little mistake and they are off, like yeah. back in the doghouse, benched, whatever. So yeah, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I think you take a dumpster, you you light a fire, <laughs> you throw Trey Sermon in it, and you throw Ramondre Stevenson Oh my in God. It. Yes, yes. <laughs> Along with any of your fantasy hey. teams that had those guys and, and you just call it a day. That's 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 where I'm at with, with some of these rookies. I mean, luckily, it looked like Zach Moss made it out of that like week one scratch doghouse, but mm-hmm. it's been it's not been a good year for this, this these doghouse guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as it it never is, it yeah. never is. But Samaje Piran. So uh Sean, I thought something interesting kind of I mean not happened, but sports books I thought were way low on Joe Mixon props coming into Week seven, I think his mm-hmm. rushing carries prop was like 15 and a half. His yardage was 58 and a half. And he landed on 59, which is, you know, good job. But <laughs> that was that, that was kind of interesting to me because we had talked about this, that he was a guy that he would usually see like 80 percent of the backfield work and kind of dominate touches. Well, Mixon played 54 percent of the snaps against the Ravens. He did not get injured. Uh, and, you know, yes, it was a blowout at the end, but Piran was involved all the way along had 48% of the snaps and he had 12 touches 
for 75 total yards and a touchdown. So essentially a 50-50 split with similar numbers for both backs. Uh, and But you said you're he's still not really a guy that you're looking at. No, and, you know, to be honest, I was watching this game uh, very closely because I had the Bengals – or, yeah, the Bengals plus six and a half. Um, and, and the Joe Mixon over 15 and a half rush attempts. And, you know, the, the Bengals blew him out so much that Joe Mixon just didn't come back in when they – there were six minutes left in the game, and they were obviously going to be – very run heavy up by almost 30 points. They just let Samaje Pirine run wild. So I think that, that that's kind of feeding into this a bit is Pirine got a lot of usage after the blowout. Um, so that's why I'm still saying, you know, I, I consider Samaje Pirine to be a high upside backup, but this is still Joe Mixon's backfield. And I think this is just the, the Bengals blew him out, which luckily for my Bengals plus six and a half uh, bet was good, but it definitely hurt my Mixon prop. He had seven carries for zero yards after on those last two drives. So he got all the yardage <laughs> before the blowout, <laughs> but then he got yeah. like half the touches after. Um, but I mean, that's, that's still, I still, I still think that's a little, maybe it's more concerning for Mixon because he just used to be this guy that you could count on for like 90, 85, 90%. But I'm still adding P Ryan, like not, he's not a, as high priority as Bolden for me. Uh, but I don't know, Samantha, what do you think? I mean, it's at least something to watch with how injury-prone Mixon has been. Yeah, I would say he's kind of medium priority below Bolden and below guys like Kenny Gainwell. I mean, I think it's maybe going to be a situation kind of similar to the way like the Sanders and Gainwell backfield was before the Sanders injury, like that Mixon's going to get more of the carries for sure. But I think P. Ryan's going to be mixed in. And yeah, I think I'm thinking of him as this high value insurance policy for Mixon. So I think he's worth adding if you have space for sure um, and could have a role regardless. But he's not someone that I'm like going, you know, 30% of my fab on. All right. Wide receiver, Khalif Raymond, 115 yards, uh, six catches on eight targets. Uh, Sean, you know, we, I think we mentioned him at some point last week. Is this a guy that is startable at this point? I mean, he, he's been a full-time guy now. The lines are going to be behind in most games. Uh, or do you think this is kind of like a, a one-week blip? Um, yes. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I ended up ranking him like wide receiver 45 yeah. uh, yesterday, which is surprising. But, you know, the, the Lions are always going to be a negative game scripts. So I think, you know, Raymond does have that upside. I don't know what happened with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, but yesterday, Raymond was their wide receiver one. So I think he's definitely worth an ad. Um, you know, they're going to see negative game scripts all season long. He has big play potential. So, yeah, I think he's definitely worth a uh, bench ad. Yeah, so I think what St. Brown, this was something I talked about in my uh, matchups column for this week was that for some reason it had been Raymond mostly when they go against like zone heavy coverages, it's been Raymond man coverage. That's when they look to St. Brown and the the Rams, they're a very zone heavy team. They're kind of like that Eagles, you know, the Brandon, they just play a lot of like quarters coverage and stuff like that. So I don't think Raymond will have a 115 yard every game, no. every game, <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, the Rams are one of the zone heaviest teams in the league. So it kind of pointed to, you know, being like a down game for, for St. Brown, but uh, Samantha, any of these other guys, you know, we talked about Lazard, we talked about Raymond. I mean, there's Russell Gage. He had six targets, four catches, 67 and a touch. Byron Pringle randomly has been <laughs> productive for the chiefs. He had five catches last week. Anyone else besides Raymond and uh, Lazard that you're looking at to add this week? 
Yeah, Gage could definitely be interesting because similar situation with the Lions. I think they'll be in a lot of like pass heavy, some negative gains, game scripts that will benefit, uh, you know, Ridley, Pitts and Gage. I know he's kind of the he is definitely the third or f- fourth option if you consider Cordell Cordero Patterson, a receiver, basically. Um, but I think having exposure to offenses like that is not the worst. And we've seen the Falcons improve, certainly from like the past over the past two games that they've played. Michael Gallup is an interesting name to keep an eye on. He's 40 percent rostered and has been in, on injured reserve since suffering a calf strain in week one. Uh Mike McCarthy said that he is hopeful that he can start practicing this week. I know he's also been talked about in like trade rumors and stuff as well, but in, he is deep on that depth chart in terms of priority. But that said, it's a, you know, a high powered offense that you want a lot of exposure to. Yeah. So let's actually go into tight end. Cause uh, Sean, I saw that Dalton Schultz isn't rostered in every league. Like there's what? still like, I think 20% of leagues where he's not <laughs> rostered, but it's a good point with Gallup back. Does that affect Schultz at all? Or is he just locked in at this point and, and should be rostered everywhere? I mean, uh, yeah, he should be rostered everywhere. Um, and yeah, Gallup probably um, will chip away at that. But Dalton Schultz has such a big role right now. His underlying usage is, you know, mid-range tight end one. So even if Gallup does eat into that a little bit, it, at worst, Schultz is going to be a low end tight end one. Um, I just love having him in this high-powered Offense. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue at all. Uh, other tight ends that uh, could potentially be options. Ricky Seals Jones is still only about 50 50 uh, rostered. He had six catches on seven targets for 51 uh, and a touchdown. CJ Usoma, last four games, 13 catches, but five touchdowns and two 90 yard games. And then Fryermuth, uh, the rookie from Pittsburgh, seven catches on seven targets. Uh, on a seat for 58 yards on a season high, 60% of snaps in week five. Samantha, any of those guys stand out? You know, people have to replace Darren Waller and Mark Andrews this week with the Ravens and Raiders on by. Yeah, two definitely high profile names that you have to replace. Jared Cook is the guy that's under 50% rostered. He's at 44% on Yahoo coming off of the week seven bye. And I think he could flirt with that top 12 uh, status. Um, Uzoma, definitely a guy that you know, turned heads. Jamar Chase was the star of the show on Sunday, but certainly Uzoma has been doing work over the last four weeks. And yeah, has been uh, certainly an interesting waiver ad. He's 19% rostered. And then Fryermuth, another guy that I've been high on for sure. Um, You know, the offense isn't really sexy necessarily, but he's super athletic, has the body size and everything. And like uh, they're facing the Browns secondary. And I think he will see those increased targets. I think he saw seven targets in the last game or something like that. So he will continue to see more targets with Juju out. It looks like the Jets are playing a lot of man coverage and usoma has been their uh, one of their go-to guys against man coverage this year. Interestingly enough, you see it like he's downfield singled up and he beats these linebackers and safeties. Uh, so I, I would expect him to stay hot against the Jets. But, Sean, um, who do you like out of those guys? You know, Cook, Seals-Jones, Usoma, Fryermuth. Obviously, our boy Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, he's going to be a low-end tight end one until Logan Thomas returns. So, you know, he's getting that underlying usage we love in tight ends. He's on the field running routes. Whereas, you know, uh, so he's going to be more consistent. And Uzoma, I think he's going to be pretty inconsistent. You're going to need these touchdown games to happen. Otherwise, you know, you could get a dud. And, you know, a guy like Firemuth, uh, love his upside, 
But until Eric Ebron like actually misses time, uh, he's probably nothing more than just a deep bench stash. But yeah, Ricky Seals Jones, if you're hurting at tight end this week uh, and he's available, definitely add him. Yeah, and I don't mind Fryermuth. Uh, at least adding him or, or desperation start because remember Steelers mm-hmm. are coming out of a bye. I always like to pay attention to rookies coming out of a bye. Uh, we saw it with the guy like Elijah Moore. He got they got him in the end zone even though he continues to struggle in the past game. Um, but Fryermuth played a season high sixty percent of snaps. Uh, in the before the buy, so uh, this could be a situation where uh, he's truly the featured guy now because they get, they get a chance to look at the film and like, oh wait, yeah, Eric Ebron, not nah, that's not working. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, don't mind him. Uh, but that is going to do it for our week number eight waiver wire episode on the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. You can find Samantha on Twitter at Samantha NFL. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore. Ozmaker, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football rankings, projections, and content, and fantasywebs.com for our DFS content tools and models. Until next time, get this money.